Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Daniel chapter 3, Ezekiel Daniel, Hosea, too far, come back, Daniel chapter 3. You got your pen, got your pen, y'all ready to hear the word? Say amen. I'm ready to tell it to you, you know that. So, let me have your attention. We come to one of the most loved stories in the Bible, It's the story of Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Those are their God-given names. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are their Babylonian names. Or Rack, Shaq, and Benny from VeggieTales. try to make you do things you weren't supposed to do. What was I thinking? I must have forgot everything that my mommy taught me. Can you ever forgive me? We forgive you. Oh, thanks. Is there anything I can do to make it up to you? Well, you can sing one of our songs. How's it go? You know, I was hoping you'd ask. It's why she tells me what I need to know. I got a lot of respect for that woman. But sometimes when I'm playing with a buddy or two, they're doing things that know I'm not supposed to do. Do you go along? Even though the things they do are wrong. Mm-hmm. I remember saying, Stand up, stand up. For what you believe in, believe in, believe in God. She's the one to back you up. Everybody tells you that you gotta be cool Remember what you learned in church and Sunday school Just check it out The Bible tells us what it's all about Oh, you know that's right So if you have a question, go ask your dad 
And he can tell you if the thing is good or bad You'll make their day uh -huh. If you remember what your parents say What they say They taught us stand, stand up, stand up For what you believe in Believe in, believe in God He's the one to back you up We'll stand with you So cute. Just a little bit of, you know, I was just trying to, uh, Pastor Marlo, I forgot to tell you, but I want to introduce that as a worship song next Sunday, if we could do it. And uh, we need to smile a little bit. Somebody say amen. And uh, did you enjoy that? I certainly did for the 10th time. <laughs> so we're in Daniel chapter three. And let me give you just a little bit of background of Daniel. The setting in Daniel, are you listening to me? Say amen. The setting in Daniel, in the book of Daniel, is absolutely the worst time in the history of Israel. Remember that the prophets prophesied against Israel, against Judah, as God, if you've been with me in Jeremiah, you know that God sent Jeremiah and other prophets to tell the people to repent of their idolatry, of their sin. And if they did not repent, that the lion from the north, the Bible calls him, which would be the Babylonian army led by King Nebuchadnezzar, would swoop down from the north and take them into 70 years of captivity. Now, three terrible things happened. Keep your pen handy today. Three terrible things happened when they went into captivity. Number one... They were taken captive by a ruler who did not know God. Say amen. Number two, they were brought into bondage by an ungodly people. So three terrible things happened. They were taken captive by a ruler who didn't know God. They're brought into bondage by ungodly people. And then thirdly, really terrible when Nebuchadnezzar took the people, he took the holy vessels and he put them in pagan temples and he used them for pagan worship. So the worst thing that could happen to God's people has happened. They are now in Babylonian captivity. And there were three deportations, Calvary Chapel, you know that. There were three deportations into captivity and three uh, deportations, if you will, out of captivity after the 70 years were over. In the first deportation, I will just tell you that Daniel was in that group. Now, keep in mind that God warned Israel for 490 years, but patience is running out. Genesis chapter 3, pardon me, chapter 6, verse 3, the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever. And my question, saints, right up front is, how long will God be patient with America? How long? America is not following God. Hmm? So chapter one, King Nebuchadnezzar brings the boys into the royal court. And you can just peruse with me if you want to. 
chapter 1, he brings them into the royal court to indoctrinate them in Babylonian captivity. Now, saints, listen. The idea in indoctrination was to get them so taken by the culture of Babylon that they would forget about God, that they would forget about Jesus, that they would forget about the blessings of God, that they would forget that they were the people of God. Now, I give it to you early. In type, write this down, in type, Babylon always represents the world. So one of Satan's devices in his bag of tricks is to get Christians so caught up in the things of the world so they'll forget who Christ is. The devil, Satan, wants you to forget that God is a God, is, is the God, is God in every circumstance. Say amen. God is God no matter what's going on in the world. And he wants you to forget that. He wants you to forget that God will provide all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He wants you to forget that truth matters. He wants you to forget that Jesus matters. He wants you to forget the devil I'm talking about, that God matters. Are you following me so far? So chapter 2, King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. Go ahead and look at chapter 2. Just peruse it with me. We don't have time to get into every, every chapter. I would love to. Chapter 2, King Nebi has a dream. And he wanted his own evil people to interpret the dream. And note, saints, he did not tell them, his sorcerers and magicians, he didn't tell them what the dream was. And the reason he didn't tell them what the dream was, because Nebuchadnezzar is smart. And he knew that if if I tell the people the dream, they can give me a false interpretation, and he wouldn't know the difference. He knew that it would take more than a human mind to know the exact dream. So he told his advisors, if you don't tell me and interpret the dream, you're dead. They're getting nervous. They don't know the dream because they are fake news. Say amen. amen. Daniel, I'm going somewhere. Y'all stay with me. Daniel and Belshazzar gives the interpretation of the dream, and he saw gold and brass and silver and iron and iron, you know, mixed with clay. And it spoke of the world's empires being destroyed. That's another sermon. So chapter 2, verse 46 and 47, go ahead and look there. Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face. He worshiped Daniel. And he said, truly, your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings and the revealer of secrets. Interesting. He's acknowledging that God is the ultimate deity. And yet watch this. Three verses later into chapter three, verse one, he's building an idol to himself. And can we say fickle? People are. Well, in chapter three. The king has built an image to himself, and he brings in his administration. The governors of state, satraps they're called, counselors, they will probably be lawyers and judges, treasurers. He brought together the senators and the mayors and the sheriffs, minor judicial folk, everybody who is anybody, gathered together for the dedication of the image, And he gave an order. Look at chapter three, verses four through eight. He gave an order. When you hear the music, everyone must bow down to the image. And if you don't. You're going to be thrown in the fire that is really, really, really fiery hot. 
Now we're talking about today how to fireproof your faith. The sermon title is How to Fireproof Your Faith. And I'm going to give you five points in how to fireproof your faith. Perhaps you can think of more. I've got five points this morning. How to fireproof your faith. Number one, if you're still with me, say I'm with you, Pastor. Number one, you must be persuaded. Number one, you must be persuaded. Five ways to fireproof your faith. Number one, be persuaded. In verses 16 through 18, number two, you must endure pressure. Must endure pressure. In verses 19 and 20. Number three, you must believe the promise. In verses 21 through 23, you must trust in the protection in verse 24 through 28. And then finally, how to fireproof your faith, you have to have faith in the promotion. Faith in the promotion. You must be persuaded. You must endure pressure. You must believe the promise You must trust in the protection, and you must have faith in the promotion. Five points we'll talk about this morning on how to fireproof your faith. Facebook, YouTube, you with me? How to fireproof your faith. That's the sermon title. Daniel, let's get to it. Chapter 3, and we're going to pick up in Daniel chapter 3, and let's just pick up in verse 16. Daniel chapter 3 in verse 16. Daniel 3 verse 16. If you're looking at verse 16, say amen. Well, some of y'all ain't looking. When I say little kid. (laughs) Daniel chapter 3, we're looking at verse 16. Saints, if you're looking at verse 16, say amen. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. And then Nebuchadnezzar in verse 19 was, what says, full of fury, angry. He was hot. And the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he spoke and he commanded that the heat, that they heat the fire up how many times? Seven more times and it usually is heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shak, Rak, and Beni and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men who were bound in coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the the fire killed those men. Are y'all looking at that? Who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down in the midst of the burning furnace. And then the king, Nebuchadnezzar, was astonished. And he rose in haste and he spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? And they answered and they said, True, O kingy. 
It's in the Greek language, really. It says kingi. Verse 25, look, he answered, I see four men. I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like Hussein's, the son of God. Well, then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning furnace, and he said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. And then... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, and the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men on whose body the fire had no power. Their hair on their head wasn't even singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire wasn't even on their clothes. And Nebuchadnezzar spoke and he said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who had who sent his angel and delivered his servants. Watch it. Who trusted in him and underlined it, yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any God except their own. Therefore, in verse 29, I make a decree that any people, nation, language which speaks Anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. And then the king promoted, are you looking at verse 30? Come on, read it with me. And then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Saints, stop right there. Chapter 3, verse 7, and you can peruse there, if you will, the music played and all the people fell down and worshiped the image of King Nebuchadnezzar, except Rack, Shaq, and Benny. The administration told the king the boys refused to worship. Look at verse 13. The king was angry in rage and he commanded the boys to be brought to him. The king said, is it true, boys, that you don't want to take a knee and serve my gods? And he said, I'm going to give you another chance because I like y'all. When you hear the music from the Babylonian Philharmonic, you need to bow. And if you don't, I'm working hard, y'all. And if you don't bow down and worship, I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace. Look at chapter 3, verse 15. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? He, write this in your margins, he is about to find out. To fireproof your faith, number one, you must be persuaded. Look at verse 16 again. They said, King, we don't know and don't need to tell you again. If that's what you do, our God is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand. But if not, we won't serve or worship your gods. Probably the most glaring thing about these boys is that they couldn't be persuaded. They couldn't be bought off. No threats, no consequence, no punishment would make them worship a false god. And I want you to pay particular attention to verse 18. Look at three small, very important words in verse 18. But if not, they said, we know God is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. We know God can send angels from heaven to bear us up. We know if God wanted to, he could kill each and every one of you right now. 
we know the same God that opened up the Red Sea could lower the temperature in the furnace. We know that our God is able to deliver us. Listen up. But if not, we will still trust him. Somebody clap your hands and say amen. Say amen. Say amen. Keep in mind. Keep in mind. Watch this. Keep in mind. They said this before they knew the outcome. For all they knew, this, could, this little situation right here, little situation, could have been their swan song. It could have been their last final words. For all they knew, they were writing their own death sentences. For all they knew, they would wake up in glory. Are y'all getting this? They are saying, King, just in case we're burned up and we don't get the chance to tell you again, let's be clear. We will never worship your false gods. Where's the saints at? Never. Never. Now, let's talk a little bit, just a little bit about what is idolatry? What is idolatry? Let's talk a little bit about it. Simple, simple saints. Idolatry is the corruption of true worship. Done. Idolatry is the corruption of true worship. Idolatry is the most basic issue that God is concerned with. I want you to hear this. In other words, God is more concerned about idolatry than any other thing. And that's a tall statement, isn't it? God is more concerned. Are you listening at home? God is more concerned with idolatry than he is any other thing. Remember the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments, the first tablet deals with our relationship with God. And the first commandment on the first tablet says, you already know, don't worship false gods. Exodus chapter 20, verses 3 through 4. And you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. Because what does it say, saints? For I am the Lord your God. Listen, having no other gods before me doesn't mean that you can have any gods after him. Say amen. Some folk, well, no gods before him, but I can have plenty of gods after him. No, you can't. Before me means you cannot. God doesn't want to have any gods in his presence or in his face. This is God's basic concern in his dealing with mankind. Let me give you in a machine gun fashion, if you will, things that idolatry consists of. Are you listening? Bowing down to images, worshiping images, worshiping other gods, swearing by other gods, walking after other gods, speaking in the name of other gods, sacrificing, watch this, and giving to false gods. Saints, we need to be mindful of who and what we support with our money. Because we say, Lord, all I have is yours. Well, if all he, you have is his, well, then your money 
came from him as well. Somebody say amen. Your, and your money, I'm a, oh, I'll wait. You know, I'm going to do it, do it right or don't do it. Then your money came from him and we need to then investigate and look into whomever and whatever organization that we are giving our money to, to be sure that they are supporting the things of God. Y'all ain't following me. Hmm. That they're supporting the things of God. Because how that money will be ultimately used is that money going toward honoring the things that God cares about. What kingdom is that money building? The kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light? We need to be mindful. Don't just arbitrarily write a check and send money, cash, app, Zoom, Zelle, whatever it is y'all do. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.